This episode of Eat the Rules is brought to you by You on Fire. You on Fire is the online group coaching program that I run that gives you a step-by-step way of building up your self-worth beyond your appearance. With personalized coaching from me, incredible community support, and lifetime access to the program so that you can get free from body shame and live life on your own terms. Get details on what's included and sign up for the next cycle at summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. I'd love to have you in that group. This is Eat the Rules, a podcast about body image, self-worth, anti-dieting, and intersectional feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence, and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is episode 232, and it's the final episode of season seven of Eat the Rules. And I'm sharing a bit of a personal update as to what's been going on in my life over the past few months, including a diagnosis of adenomyosis and one of the wildest things that's ever happened to me in terms of my mental health as the result of an IUD that I had put in and just wrapping up this season and letting you know what we're going to be doing over the summer on the show. You can find all the links and resources mentioned at summerinandin.com forward slash 232. Before we begin, I want to give a shout out to Dali Mama who left this review. I love listening to Summer and her guest speakers. I read her book and I'm very thankful for the podcast. Always feel very encouraged after listening. Thank you so much for leaving that fantastic review. If you haven't already left a review, you can do that by going to iTunes, search for Eat the Rules, then click Ratings and Reviews, and click to leave a review. I'm just going to say one thing here, because I've had a couple of reviews come in over the last couple weeks. I have like this, I'm a part of this website called Chartable, and they email you like the stats and the reviews that come in every week. And if you have like a direct piece of feedback about the show, like if you, you know, heard something in one particular episode or you didn't like one thing in one particular episode, don't leave a review with that. That's like a really dick thing to do. <laughs> like just email me and let me know and I'll receive the feedback and decide what I want to do with it. But I've had a couple people recently be like this episode and like you know, blah, blah, blah about one thing that I said. And it's like, why would you leave? Like, what would motivate you to do that (laughs) other than just being an asshole? (laughs) And I'm not going to apologize for saying that. But, you know, if you have feedback, you can do it in in a like more constructive way so that you're not like actually hurting the ratings of the show. And so anyways, if you haven't left a review and you want to counteract some of that bullshit that I have to deal with, please go and leave a kind review for the show if you enjoy what you learn here. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be for everyone. You can choose to fast forward. You can choose to listen to different podcasts. I'm not for everyone, and that is totally okay. And if you do like the show, you can subscribe to the show via iTunes or whatever platform you use to, to listen to podcasts. And if you haven't already done so, you can get the free 10-day body confidence makeover at summerinandin.com forward slash freebies with 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body. 
I was out for dinner last night with my friend Vinny and I was just, we were talking about <laughs> these reviews that come in and, uh, and they were saying, you should just read those on the air and then respond to them. And I was like, well, maybe I will, but I don't know. I'm just kind of over it. I just don't have the emotional bandwidth, but I just wanted to give an overall message to people that you can access me via email or DM. It's pretty easy. I will read your message if you do have feedback. And if I take it, I take it. If I don't, I don't. Uh, so this is the final episode of this season of the podcast. I've done probably the most new episodes in a season since since the inception of this podcast. I actually stayed pretty consistent with a schedule this year, which I'm really proud of myself for. And I want to thank everyone for listening to this show. We've had a lot of downloads this season, which is fantastic to see. I'm just so thrilled that there's so many new listeners or um, people listening to things over again. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to have you here. I, I really, truly am. And so over the summer, what we're going to do is I'm going to be doing some best of episodes, particularly the body image series. So I'm just going to be re-airing some of the best of so that uh, I can take the summer off of producing new episodes and then I'll be back in the fall with new interviews and new episodes. And so well, the way I wanted to wrap this up was just to give you a bit of a personal update in the hopes that maybe sharing my story might help somebody else going through something similar. And just so you kind of understand what's been going on behind the scenes when you have a public profile. I think it's, I don't know. I don't know what you think of me to be honest, but maybe you think my life is perfect, but it's not. So I wanted to just share some of the stuff that I've been struggling with and dealing with behind the scenes and, and just be a little more transparent about it. I won't, I don't want to go into too, too many of the detail. I was going to go into like all the details. And then I decided, no, I don't think I need to go into all the details, but I'll give just a little snapshot of it. And hopefully it helps somebody else. And then if you're listening to this and this is helpful to you, or you want to know more than please reach out to me because I felt very alone in this process. It took a lot for me to kind of find answers and people who had similar experiences to what I went through. And so, yeah, I guess to kick it off, I was diagnosed this past year with something called adenomyosis and adenomyosis is, it's very similar to endometriosis except it is inside the wall of my uterus. So it happens when the tissue that normally lines the uterus, the endometrial tissue, grows into the muscular wall of the uterus. So I have a very angry uterus, so to speak. And this came about because I suffer from extremely painful periods. So when I get a period, I'm in excruciating pain for about seven days before I actually get my period. And it's mostly at night. During the day, I can manage it with like Tylenol Advil. At night, it's really bad. So at night, I have to wear a, a heat pack. So what I have to do is they sell those, like I think they're called Thermacare heat packs. They're meant for your back, but I wear it the reverse and I have to wear that over my, over my uterus to be able to try to get through the night with minimal pain. And that's how I've been living my life for the last year because I was pregnant for a while last year and then I, we lost the baby. So for, yeah, for the last year I've been living my life like that. And then prior to having a baby, I, I also uh, struggled with this. And so I've always had like heavy or irregular periods. I was always on hormonal birth control on and off of it. Uh, there was a huge period of time, period of time in my life where I didn't have a period. So I didn't have to worry about this. That was not for good reason. Reason. It was because of my disordered eating and excessive exercise, but 
man, was it nice to not have a period <laughs> um, in hindsight. In in any event, um, you know, with pregnancy, with having to kind of come off all hormonal birth control, that's when this issue really came to light back in 2017. And I didn't get a diagnosis until this year because the wait list was so long to get into a gynecologist that the initial time that I was got a referral, I, I ended up getting pregnant and therefore canceled the appointment because they wouldn't have been able to do any diagnostics on me anyways. Uh, so this past year, I went to find, I finally got another referral, it took nine months for me to go in to see her, saw her. And, um, she suggested that she assumed that I had endometriosis. Actually, she's like, Oh, I think this is endometriosis. But she's like, at the very end of our meeting together, she said, you know, maybe I'll send you for an MRI. Would you like an MRI? Then we can see if it's this other condition called adenomyosis, which I had never heard of. And I said, yeah, I would, like whatever you think I should do. I'll, you know, I, I just want to know what this is so that I can, figure it out and get treatment to move forward. And, and, um, fortunately there was a cancellation on the MRI list and I, I got in really quickly cause they had said that would take another nine months. I got in really quickly. She confirmed the diagnosis. She doesn't think I have endometriosis. I may have a little bit of it. I'm hoping I don't because the real sort of like last resort treatment for this is a hysterectomy, which is what I have opted for. The reason I have opted for that is because, well, really, to put it in a nutshell, I told her if I could pay someone in a back alley to just cut out my uterus right now, I would. <laughs> so she said, well, sounds to me like you might be a good candidate for a hysterectomy. So, so I am on a list to get a hysterectomy. And, and that's kind of the last resort treatment because the first resort treatment is to do some sort of like hormonal birth control again. And they typically recommend the Mirena IUD. That's the one that they generally use for endometriosis as well as adenomyosis. So I had that put in back in December and I was so, I was so hopeful. I was like, this is going to be great. This is going to help. Like I'm finally going to get my life back. And there's not a happy ending to the story, <laughs> but I had it put in and I was really hopeful. And then about a month later, I started to experience depressive symptoms. So I have a history of depression. I was on antidepressants for many years from about the age of 13, 14 through to my late twenties. I think I came off of them maybe when I was about 30 or something like that. And so I recognized the feeling right away. Like as soon as I sort of woke up one morning and just felt like I had zero gas in my tank. I just felt really low. To me, it almost feels like I'm getting sick. Like I just feel like kind of almost dizzy in a way or just not fully like there. And so that I recognized it immediately, which I'm grateful for because I was able to then know what exactly was happening to me. And when I talked to my doctor about it, she said, this is totally normal. It usually happens within the first like six to 12 weeks. It should, it should get better. Try and stick with it. Try to just understand that this is just a hormonal thing and try to get through it. It wasn't like severe by any means. I was able to just go on with my life. I was able to, you know, do everything I normally do. I would just like cry a lot when I was alone <laughs> and then, and just kind of feel like I just didn't have the motivation to do a lot of other stuff other than just kind of get through life. And what happened then was uh, the cramps didn't get better as well. So they, they kind of reduced a little bit. So instead of being seven days, they went down to about five days. 
one time, I think it was four days. So it was a little better, but overall it hadn't really made much of a difference. And she told me that unfortunately with adenomyosis, the IUD only really works in about 60% of individuals. So unfortunately I was in that 40%, but she said, you know, just try to keep it in because maybe it'll start working by the time we get your surgery. And I started to get like these little moments where I would feel anxious. I noticed that I was like really obsessing over bad things happening to my child. So I would be going to bed at night and thinking about, oh my God, like that lamp in his room, like we, it's a fire hazard. We need to get rid of it. And I would be sort of obsessive about it. And I'm not normally like that. I I don't think I'm normally wired as like an anxious person and I'm, I'm a very intuitive person. And so I thought the threats were real. So what in hindsight, I know now was actually at the beginning of anxiety was at the time I thought it was my intuition and I truly believed something bad was going to happen. And I just chalked it up to, I don't even know, like just being stressed or like we had a terrible winter here. Like it was just gray and raining all the time and cold. And so I just thought, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Really, I didn't really overthink it because it wasn't debilitating my life in any way. And then around the time of May, I got a call and they said, your surgery is going to be the beginning of June. And I was really happy about that. But I immediately started to have the worst anxiety. All I could think about was that I was going to die from this surgery. And I started to have panic attacks. I started to just have these moments where like my heart would be racing. I would feel dizzy. I would get hot. I would feel like I was going to pass out. I I honestly thought I was going to just have a heart attack and die. And I was like, what is going on with me? Like, could this be hormonal? Like, is there something here? So finally I Googled anxiety and IUD and that's when I made the connection. And I was like, oh my God, like this hormonal IUD, this Mirena IUD has given me terrible anxiety. And the first article that comes up when you Google this is this woman telling her story. And it started to sound exactly like what I was going through. Hers spiraled much worse because she kept her IUD in for a lot longer. But immediately I was like, oh my God, like this thing is changing my brain chemistry. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Their product, AG1, is something that I use every day. I started taking AG1 because I don't have time to always eat a wide variety of foods. And with my son in daycare, I need my immune system to be functioning as best as it can. And AG1 saves me from taking multiple different supplements. With AG1, I can have one drink, and I know I'm giving my body its best choice chance at better immunity and energy. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's got a mild tropical taste and goes down easy. What I love is that for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious foods to kids in need, including No Hungry Kid in the U.S. As well, they are a climate neutral certified company. To make it easy for you, listeners, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. 
all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging to tend to your health and arm your immune system in an easy and convenient way. And because the surgery was coming up fast, I decided my doctor was just like, just, just keep it in. Like, if you want, I'm going to prescribe you some Zoloft to just get you through to the surgery. And so I, I didn't start taking it at the time. Cause I was like, it's just a couple weeks. Then unfortunately, a few days before I was supposed to have surgery, my surgery was canceled because my heart rate was too high because I had had COVID in April. And the hospital has a rule that they can't do surgery unless it's been seven weeks post-COVID. And I was just on the borderline, but one of my blood markers indicated that I was at a much higher risk for blood clots as well. My heart rate was higher. And so as a result, um, she said, I'm sorry, somewhere like, I just think we, it's just not worth the risk. It's not like this is like a deadly condition that you have. It's something that, you know, we need to just wait on a bit longer. And so as disappointed as I was, a part of me was also like, well, that's good. Cause I honestly thought I was going to die from the surgery. So <laughs> maybe this was meant to be, but and in any event, I was like, okay, well, I'll just hang on a bit longer. And then the panic attacks really started to spiral. There was, I, fortunately I had actually blocked time off work cause I thought I was having surgery. So I sort of took a few days and I left those days clear. And that was that coincided with when the, the panic attacks got really bad. The anxiety was really bad. There were a couple of days where I was unable to leave my house. My husband had to do everything with my child. At that point, I started taking the Zoloft because I was like, this is, this is really significant. This is severe. One morning I was sitting there at the time that this happened, those couple of days that it was really bad. And I, I looked at my husband in the morning and I was like, I think I might need to go to the hospital. Like, I think I might need to go to the psych ward. Like, I just, I don't know what's happening to me. And I can't, like, I can't get out of this state of panic. Like, I just felt so panicky. Like, my heart was just racing and I just, it, and I was so terrified of having another panic attack. And I was afraid to be alone with my son. And, and like I said, this was, this kind of spiraled. It was just a, like maybe two or three days that it, that it came to a head like this. And that's when I was like, I need to get this IUD out. So I had an appointment to get the IUD out a couple, a couple days later. Fortunately, I was able to find someone who could take it out for me. And as soon as I had it out, I just, I felt massive relief at the same time. I, what, from what I've, everything I've read, there are so many stories like this out there from everything I've read. It takes, it can take a few weeks, a couple months for your hormones to kind of come back into balance. But just that, just that, just that knowing that it was not in my body anymore was super helpful. And then the Zoloft started to work. So one pharmaceutical was terrible for me. One pharmaceutical was life-saving for me. <laughs> so, um, so since that happened, it's been about a week and a half now and I'm doing, I'm doing so much better. I feel like I'm coming back to myself again. I feel like I have, I'm starting to get my life back. I still have the cramps, but honestly, like compared to what I went through from a mental health perspective, the cramps, I'm like, I think I can handle the cramps. I can handle the cramps, even though they're terrible. And when I get them again in a couple of days, I'll probably be like, Oh no, but but it was just, it was so awful. And I think what bothered me the most was that they, they really, they really make it clear that the, the Mirena IUD can cause depressive side effects that it says, I think it happens in 5% of individuals, but there was nothing there about anxiety. And I had to really like look into it. I had to do a lot of Googling and Unfortunately, the pharmaceutical company denies that there's any connection between mood disorders and the hormonal birth control. But if you read people's personal experiences, 
there's so much evidence to refute that. And I know that the IUD works amazing for a lot of people. I have friends that have it. It works really great. I was so hopeful. Some aspects of it were positive for me, but then it just started to spiral and get worse and worse and worse. And I think another piece of this that sort of like added fuel to this fire was my high, my thyroid meds were also a little bit too high for me. Um, I think what had happened is because of the hormone changes, because of the IUD that kind of sent my thyroid a little bit differently. And so I brought, once I brought those down, that really helped too. Cause I think that was creating additional like heart rate increases and, and, and adding fuel to the anxiety. And so I've got that all figured out. It was a terrible like two week span of my life. I will say I'm so lucky that I figured it out. I'm so lucky that I was able to get help right away and get through it because I've read so many stories of people who start, who lived like that for months, like unable to leave their house. They lost their jobs. They were unable to work and they didn't because the doctors were saying it can't be this IUD, but it can. And I think that that's really important for people to understand. And so, you know, looking back on it, I think the anxiety really started kind of in like January and February, shortly after I got the IUD put in, but I just sort of wrote it off as like, I don't know, stress. And then it just got so bad. And I feel like for me, it's kind of triggered something in me. It sort of changed my brain chemistry in a way, or changed my, my beliefs or my thought processes in a way, or it's activated something in me. And so I've also started counseling again, because I really want to get to the root of what this sort of triggered in me to be able to work through those beliefs and to be able to manage this if it if it happens again. The, hopefully the panic attacks won't, I really hope. But there's still a little bit of anxiety there. And I think, like I said, it's going to take a few weeks or months for my system to regulate again. And I'm also working with a naturopathic doctor to take some hormones to just kind of like reset my body or regulate my body as the other hormone comes out of it. And I just got a new surgery date for the end of July to get a hysterectomy. So I'm super excited about that. So I'm hoping that come fall, I'm just going to feel like a new person and back to my old self again and be pain-free and hoping that it all goes well and that this nightmare will be behind me. But I wanted to share it here because I've shared like little snippets of it on uh, my Instagram stories, but I know not everybody, I, not many people watch that at all. <laughs> so I wanted to share it here in case, you know, if you've been through something like that, just it, it's terrible. And just to be aware of this stuff, like anytime we take any kind of medication or hormones, like to just be aware of, of what can happen as a side effect and and that it really sucks, but I'm so lucky that I had a great team to support me, good doctors and a super supportive husband and family and friends and everything else and everyone else who was kind of helped me through it. And it was just divine timing that it was kind of this period of time where I didn't have to work. So that was really good too. But yeah, I have so much empathy for people who have anxiety and panic now. It's just, it's awful. It's just awful. But thankfully, Zoloft helping me along the way. Wonder drug. It's all good. But I'm hoping that's also temporary and I'll be able to ease myself off of that soon. So that's my personal update. I just, you know, thank you so much for being a listener of this podcast. I really do appreciate it. And I will be back in the fall with new episodes. I hope you enjoy the best ofs. And I hope that you all have a really good, a really good summer season in your life. Thank you so much for being here. Rock on. 
I'm Summer Inanen, and I want to thank you for listening today. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Summer Inanen. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts, search Eat the Rules, and subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be so grateful. Until next time, rock on. Rock on.